Previously on AMC's The Walking Dead. We aren't the only survivors. We should do something. I need to help them. We cannot split up. Not now. Baggy! Welcome to PPN's The Pulping Dead. I'm Mike. I'm Andy. Pose that as a question. I'm Mike. Um, um, well, you kind of look like him. I don't, I don't know. You could be the Walker version of Mike. God, if only. As we'll do the old all Walker edition eventually. Just us moaning. Subtext. Coral. <laughs> I mean, today we're here to talk about <laughs> Inmates, the latest episode of The Walking Dead, uh, season four. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. You kind of question that, too. <laughs> I'm, question- I'm questioning everything. Um, it's all a conspiracy. This is the episode where we meet up with the rest of the gang after the fall of the prison. Yeah. It's sort of like the, uh, weirdly the addendum to the last episode, it feels yeah. like. Like, it's not a knock or anything. It's just kind of weirdly structured to where it's like there's the episode that focuses on the one part, and then there's several parts in the next one. Yeah, this episode was like, um, it was an anthology episode. Yeah. I could just... Like a good anthology, but it was also like kind of, compared to the last episode, it was kind of jarring to kind of, it's like two different vignettes back to back. Yeah, it, it pretty much everything was separated by a commercial break. Yeah. Which, and, meant, which meant there was less commercial breaks. Yeah, actually, that's that's funny. When we started watching the episode, I remember you texting me and saying, like, oh, they did a really short opening crawl. That means that it's going to be really long. Yeah, I noticed that the episode, the um, opening credits were over in a flash, and they played over the over the actual episode. Okay. Well, I like was that. You were right, but none of it felt like wasted space. No, it never like, felt it never felt over stuff with the content because it, it mainly just moved on from everything. Well, okay, okay. One moment did kind of feel. We'll like, get there. We'll get you, there. No, 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 no. Not that moment actually. Uh, the one moment I felt was kind of a little bit too long was the drawn out scene with Maggie going on to the bus and the fake out with Glenn, even though we know Glenn is alive. Oh, that was, yeah, well, we'll get, we'll get there. That was for a completely, that was a little bit more, maybe toying with the emotions a little bit, especially because that was, that was just, we'll just fucking talk about now because who cares? But that was just because the marketing showed Glenn alive. So the entire sequence felt pointless. Yeah. Plus there was also, I felt like, um, the reveal of Tyrese and uh, spoilers, we find out that Judith is with Tyrese. That was actually in a promo. Yeah, it was an international promo, to be fair, but yeah, it was in a promo nonetheless. It floated around. I ended up finding it out. I, so, I had like a suspicion of it, so mm, whatever. Uh, and that really disappointed me, too. Not the actual part of it, but just the fact that it got spoiled because that was actually one of the big mysteries of the show that I was kind of looking forward to seeing resolved. And it would have been awesome to just have that moment, the same moment preserved and have like Tyrese just walking about. And then all of a sudden he turns around and has the baby. It would have worked a thousand times better. Like just 
as it is. Tyrese and his white girls. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> Sweet Christmas. Um, so, an episode... I don't have a lot to say about this episode. That's not a knock to it. It was just... Um, I don't want to say table setting, because a lot of stuff went down. Well, I kind of feel... I've gone back and forth on this episode all, like, the last couple of days. Because we're recording this actually a couple of days later than we do, but um, it's it's not that I ever hated the episode. It's just that I kind of was wondering, like, is this as strong as the last one? Or was this kind of like, I don't know, a filler type of episode? And I don't think it was filler. I think it was definitely something that needed to be done. It was necessary, like necessary as a bridge to the next part of the story and definitely needed to happen. It was just more of like there was something off about it. It was it was it was that it was an anthology. It felt like you're watching several episodes inside of an episode. So, yeah, that was and I think that was I mean, as much as I would have hated to see them draw it out to such a insane length to go through every one of their journeys. I do feel like like it was a bit of a detriment to the episode to have it be such a jarring contrast to the last one. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really – Well, gone. Yeah, I said I really liked the episode, but by the time it was over, De- Beth and Bar- uh, Beth and Daryl were a distant memory by the time it was over. Yeah, I felt like it was really odd that they never went back to them. Beyond that, honestly, like I didn't really have much of an issue with the – like the episode itself or anything, I thought it was really good, and there were a lot of character moments that were fantastic. Um, the only, like, once again, I think the only thing was that it didn't drag. It just was kind of it was a lot splintered. I think yeah, it was there. It was a lot done. It was nice because there was no filler in each story, so they all just got to the points that they needed to tell. Yeah, the Beth, Beth and Daryl were kind was kind of a weird one. Only because it was just like, wow, Beth is doing narr- no R Beth doing narration. What got me about that was that I didn't know who she was talking to, and that really bugged me. Yeah, it was like, a little. I, I kept expecting a reveal for that, but it never really came. Yeah, that was actually that itself is beyond the um, like the nature of the episode being more of like a series of vignettes type of deal. I feel like my biggest problem with this episode was the fact that. Stuff kept coming up and then never being like they kept dropping it, I mean, or it was they a, kept or they kept explaining it in ways that you didn't really like. They felt lazy. Yeah, I mean maybe the maybe the diary thing is a reference to something from season two that I'm forgetting. Yeah, I mean I kind of inferred some stuff because they did kind of the same thing last episode with Michonne where they would have her say things that you didn't really know what the hell she was talking about fully. Yeah, I kind of guess they did that a little bit here too, but the Beth and Daryl stuff was just. Like, this moment, like Beth is essentially trying to hold on to hope yeah. of finding somebody, and Daryl's just kind of going through the motions. Even with Daryl just killing zombies, feels like he's just going through the motions at this point. Yeah, and you have that moment where he's at the campfire, and he's just kind of sitting there, like, you can tell on his face, he just doesn't want to move. He just doesn't, doesn't even know, like, he doesn't seem to know if he can after this. Because it seems like, it was kind of interesting, because I was thinking about this as I was watching the scene, it feels like he had a stronger reaction to this and a stronger sense of grief than he did when he lost his brother. Yeah. 
Like, it seems like he almost lost his real family in a weird way. Well, it's just exhaustive. Like, just everything's destroyed. Yeah. Like, it, it feels like the first time they've realized they're in the apocalypse, as opposed to, like, trying desperately to survive. That was the first time that Daryl kind of shut down. It's just a, it was just a weird one because the moment where they find the slaughtered people, which I guess it turns out weren't maybe actually from the prison, um, as we find out later in the next story, it's just like it kind of fell into this weird where, okay, a bunch of people we don't know are dead, and Beth, the character we don't care about, is our like emotional through line here. Yeah, but I don't care what Beth feels because she's not a character until like this episode. Suddenly, it was. I mean, it's nice that they're doing character work with Beth suddenly, but it's like it's the problem with The Walking Dead's had on occasion, and this is really the only instance of it happening this season that I can remember of just like anyway here here you feel with this character suddenly. Like, I didn't really like Beth breaking down. It's like I got the I got the story point to it, but I didn't feel any connection to anything that was happening. I was like Daryl just standing there. Like, yeah, we're breaking down. That's cool. For me, it was it was more of like it kind of set the whole tone, like the not the tone, but the whole through line message of the entire episode, which was like you said, Beth holding on to hope and it very much was about how you react when there seems to be no hope left. Like, it's almost like a reaction to it's more of an immediate reaction to what happened with the prison than what happened with Rick and Carl, which was more about them. Like, it was more about their relationship in the last episode, whereas this one is more surrounding the events of what yeah. happened and more reaction to the idea that everything they have and everything they will ever know is just never going to be a stable thing. Like, it's never going to be. They're never going to find an eventual resting place where they will stay forever. Like, it, it's all going to eventually come crashing down. And it's about the idea of how do you keep going on after that, which I found was fascinating because each one explores that in a very different way. Yeah. In a fundamentally different way, actually. Like, I love the fact that even with the Beth and Daryl thing, you still have Maggie who is just – Almost insane with desperation of for finding Glenn. Like, she's kind of crossed over to the deep end briefly because she's just kind of... She doesn't know what happened and it's driving her crazy. To the point where she, in, like, beats the living crap out of this one walker against the bus. And meanwhile, which, Bob is just like, yeah, okay, we'll do that. Bob was high. <laughs> <laughs> Bob was so high. Like, he looked... He looked so high. He acted so high, and it, something was weird with that I did, guy. I did like how even in the individual groups, everybody had their own different thing that was going on in regards to the thread of the episode. Yeah, where Tyrese is like, he's just kind of, he's not racked down with grief or anything. He's just trying to keep going. Like, this was actually the first time I felt like they're getting Tyrese right. Not that Tyrese has been bad, but from what I understand, like in the comics, he's been always more of a progressive character than a like a guy who's been racked with like guilt and all that. Like he has been this season with uh, the loss of his girlfriend and sort of being angry at everything and and 
having it out with some of the members of the group. And then this is the first time where it's like he's taking charge and just kind of staying, not staying positive or reinforcing positive, but he's just kind of, he's doing what needs to be done and he's not being mopey about it. Yeah. Like some characters tend to be. And he's stuck taking care of children, one of which is psychotic. Which, which is the most hilarious thing and the most charming thing imaginable. Is Tyrese looking after these three little white girls? <laughs> Racist. One one of which is one thing I noticed about this uh, episode too was this was the first time Judith had ever been used in the way that everyone feared. Like this was the first time she wasn't used as a plot device. Yeah, this is her actually being a problem. Yeah, this is like this is actively showing what everyone has said about Judith from the beginning, which is. How do you have a baby in the apocalypse? Because they will just bring about rock walkers. Like, that's just an insane notion to have a child that young around in this world. And this is the first time. I was actually surprised it took this long for them to get her out into the world, even though I don't expect, like, Rick to have her in a stroller, like, outside the walls or something. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, Carl, I'm using her as bait. And then, of course, we all called that Carol was going to show up with Tyrese. Um, I didn't. I didn't call that. To be honest, I because I feel like people kept wanting Carol to show back up. I felt like they weren't going to go for the obvious. I didn't think they were going to do it so soon, but I figured that like uh, it's just too obvious. Carol's going to show up with the Tyrese group, especially when I, especially when I saw he went off with the kids in the last episode. I'm like, well, Carol's going to show up there, and I mean well, it's it's good, but it is sadly kind of like well, that's kind of obvious, but right on. I'm a master chief, yes. That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> it was soon. Of course, uh, like a lot of a couple of things in this episode, Carol just appears suddenly. Uh, yeah. Um, we'll get to yeah, we'll get to the, the other, other thing one. later. Uh, um, I was, I was also like, so Carol was just around the prison at the time it was being attacked for no real reason. That's convenient. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like I don't really expect her to have been doing a lot. Yeah. So it's Rick. Uh, I mean, really, it's actually technically only like a day later. Yeah. Um, and Lizzie is becoming a fascinating. Fuck her for killing those bunnies. Serial killer uh, mentality. Also, um, almost killing Judith. Yeah. Okay. Seconds away from killing Judith and showing her flat out zoning out into psychotic territory with droning out voices in her head. Yeah. Um. <sighs> I don't really know what it is. I don't think it's the character herself because it's like I don't really even contemptible characters. I don't usually find annoying. Like I kind of there's something about Lizzie that I find really annoying, like grating. I think I it's just, and I don't really want to blame the actress. Like because to be fair, the kids in this show actually don't do a bad job. But something about that character just incites and I don't think this is intended at all. It's a, it just incites a why don't you just go away type mentality. I think maybe they like um maybe go maybe take it just a little bit too far um occasionally with some of her writing. Um it may be more to do with the tone of voice every time she speaks because it's like a very authoritative I yeah. know what's best type thing, which is like that can get grating. Yeah. Point. I, I, I can see where you're coming from there. And I, I really kind of had the same problem with her the last time we saw her, which was the mid-season finale, 
until she and the other kids, you know, shot the one uh, hot chick. Yeah, yeah Tara's girlfriend. Um, I do think what they're doing with Lizzie is interesting. And now that they've taken it to such insanely far gone territory, which is yeah, showing I, also like you know she has she's essentially a I mean especially juxtaposed against Carl, but Carl has Rick and Lizzie has Carol, who's it's kind of showing that kind of nurture isn't quite yeah necessary isn't quite good yeah and um i think it it seems like with this episode i've thought this in the past but they're taking the place of the twins from the comics i'm not familiar with the twins from the comics i i know i know it vaguely um like i said i've never read the comics but i do know the i do know this particular plot point a little bit and actually what's what's funny like i don't mean to interrupt you but um one thing I did notice was that a lot of shots in the episode mimic comic book panels, and that shot of the twins on the railroad track seemed to be like – that seemed very intentional almost. Like they, like I wouldn't be surprised to find a panel like that in the comic itself. There were some very interesting uh, – yeah. It was a very well-directed episode. There was some interesting composition going on, some good stuff. But um, – yeah, the, the stuff with Lizzie seemed to be the main thing in uh, Tyrese's storyline. Then just Tyrese in general and getting Carol back. Yeah, well, I like Tyrese kind of coaching the other sister. I forget her name. Mika. Mika. Yeah, I liked how he was kind of being a surrogate father figure in more of a positive way than she's really gotten so far from anyone yeah, else. Particularly from Carol. Yeah, I, I like the fact that he's more of the, you know, He's not the stern figure. He's more of the you know supportive parent type. Yeah, but he figure. but he was but uh, he wasn't being soft like. Yeah, he was just he was just kind of being necessarily understandable. Yeah, you know we're like, and it was also kind of funny to have that mixed in with a scene of him changing a diaper <laughs> and bleeding all over the place. And of course, then they find um, they go to the end of the tracks. And find the safe zone that we've heard about uh, way back. It went on the radio, uh, terminus. Yeah. Which, uh, if it's the stand-in for Alexandria, I'm not going to be that happy. I'm going to be honest with you. It sounds like it's the stand-in for Alexandria. Now, my thing is like, what would be the difference? And like, would it just be a different name, or is there something about it that's different? Because I'm really not familiar with. I mean, I guess I don't know a ton, but I, my thing is just like, is from what I've, from what I have heard, Terminus in the show is going to be the renamed Atlanta. Well, Alexandria is you know Alexandria. Like it's my my thing is I was looking forward to them leaving Georgia. Yeah. Like I'm getting kind of tired of constantly seeing the woods. I know it's cheap and things like that, and I'm sure you know not like saying Atlanta is going to be cheap to shoot in or anything, but I was just I was looking forward to the change of scenery than, you know, the southern woods over and over again. Yeah, which was really bad in season two. I mean, every other scene was in the woods. Like, because they were on a farm, they would just go to their right and they would be in the woods. Yeah. And it was it was kind of frustrating. Like, I get that. And I get the fact that it's like it was also in the first season with the camp and – once again, I think you you are right on the money. Where it's like it's more of a cost issue, but it would be exciting to see them going into unbroached territory. Like 
That was what made the prison so awesome. Was that it was suddenly they were in some other place, even though it's like they got to the prison, they were still going to the woods sometimes. Yeah, but it was still something new. And I was looking also forward to if they showed. I would. I was interested to see the journey, the long distance journey. Yeah. If if they showed it, but I was interested in seeing like how you do these long journeys in that environment. Like I was interested in seeing you know a road trip kind of thing. And plus, like. Whenever I think of Alexandria, I think of, like, I, th- I think particularly of the Kingdom storyline that they've been talking about in the comics, where it's, you know, is, what is it, Ezekiel? Ezekiel, yeah. And, you know, the pet tiger and everything. I like the idea of, like, this paradise on Earth type of thing, even though it's clearly not. Like, I like the idea of them trying to create that sort of idealist environment against a backdrop of zombies. Yeah, and, and not and not having it be like a makeshift type thing, like them actually trying to make only like a Woodbury. Yeah, and and the idea of something that's not in Georgia, like that's all they've only they've never left their state. Like I would like to see you know them travel out and be able to see more of the world as it is now. Yeah. Also, I don't really like the idea that Atlanta has been changed into this free zone and they've just never noticed. Just because it never seems like they've been really that far from Atlanta this entire time. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm being unnecessarily bitchy here, but it just, I don't know. I, I think that's maybe a little bit lame. And I, I, I didn't, I didn't really think they would get there that quickly. Saying that, uh, Terminus could be anything. It, it, we, it still couldn't, Alexander could still be coming. This is just something else. The stand For all we, like, for all we know, Terminus is just the base camp where Abraham is, is, uh, Held up like this. They do from next season's premiere or uh, preview, rather. It seems like they're going to some sort of base camp that uh, he has. And it's entirely possible that's it. Though I believe Abraham and Eugene talked about Alexander, like or the or we're going to like Alexander or something in the comics, if I if I remember correctly. But I mean, who knows? Who knows that they'll even play, you know, Abraham and Eugene as good guys in the show. Um, no, no, I, I, obviously, I, for a minute before I saw the word terminus and I saw the word sanctuary, I did kind of have a little mini freak out. Like, oh god, Snagan, but no, it wasn't. That would have been awesome, though. I, I really am kind of interested as to where they're gonna set that up. Because, like, I was watching a bit of Talking Dead and uh, they had Alana Masterson on who plays Tara. And even she was talking about, like, every time I asked the showrunners, like, Who's the, like, what storylines they want to adapt? It's like they keep mentioning Nagan as one of the worst characters in the comic. <laughs> because, and that shows that the reason I was excited about that was because that shows that they're thinking about it. Yeah. And you, I mean, how could they not? I, I do worry about them getting Nagan, uh, just because, I mean, I love, I love the governor in the show. I, I really love the show version of the governor, but he is a neutered, different version of the governor. I don't really want to do the same thing with Nagan. But obviously Nagan can't curse every other word. Um, he can't just turn around and say fucking. Um, he can't have he sex can't... with a baseball bat. Hey, now that last one I will argue. He could do it off camera, but you know, and uh, Nagan just needs to be Nagan. That's He needs to be Henry Rollins. He does. And 
I, I really hope they go all the nines with Nagan and just make them Nagan, just like the worst thing ever. I want them to do something that makes the governor look tame by yeah. comparison, like their version of the governor. Especially with Nagan being, he's 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 a very long, he's a long term villain that the governor never was in the comics. So I'm hoping when they get there that he he is that as he is in the comics because that has a little bit more staying power. Yeah, which was it's kind of weird because I was talking last episode about one of the big reasons I was watching the series even like with season two was that I knew the governor was eventually coming and. That was before I knew the governor kind of bites it pretty early on in the comics. Yeah. So it's kind of weird to take that mindset and then place it on this different character that's coming in that he's going to be the one that's hopefully going to be the longstanding, you know, arch enemy of Rick Grimes. Yeah. Especially because they've already done the governor. The show governor was already Shadow Rick. So I think having something that's just 100 percent the opposite of everything is a better way to go. So I do worry about that, them neutering things for TV, but hopefully. Oh, and like I said, one of the reasons I hope it's not Terminus isn't Alexandria, or the show's version of Alexandria, is just because it seems like that's too soon. Yeah, it does feel like they're kind of running their cards through the ringer in that everything is being kind of dealt. And I don't really think that's necessary because they... For one thing, they have a season five already a go. So for them to kind of just say, okay, we're going to do everything in the comics. It's like, no, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ground to cover between the death of the governor and the fall of the prison and, uh, this current stuff, like the all out war. Yeah. But, um, but it's, it's like also it's kind of a tricky thing because you never really know what exactly they're planning in that how faithful are they going to be to the comics and how faithful are they not going to be? In some cases, like I would even argue they've been right for not following the comics and then others they've been wrong. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's just this thing where it's like, you can never really predict it. You can't really say it's like, Oh, well they need to do this the exact same way because some things in the walking dead just either a won't work or B were kind of even regrettable by Kirkman. Like, for instance, Rick losing his hand. Yeah. Like, we'll never see that. Nope. But, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a tough thing to kind of speculate on. But anyway, like, going back to the episode itself, because we kind of did go on up again. As we do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, moving on to Maggie, I guess. Even though I don't really have a lot to say about that segment, we already kind of covered some of it. But Yeah, there's really not much to say either way because it's just kind of a simple she needs to find Lynn she's too stubborn to look past that and she's really just kind of you can tell she's swallowed up by the grief of losing her father and potentially losing her husband yeah and Bob's high Bob is just so, so high. fucking high <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I'm pretty sure there were a couple of shots of him just looking at the trees I was like what are they doing with this character like wow man so beautiful and green. Um, and Sasha, oh yeah. like, I like the fact that Sasha has moved on from being, like, someone who stayed there obligatorily because Tyrese had to get to the prison and has become her own thing. Like, she feels like a part of the group now. 
Yeah, I like how she's her own. Like, the character you just assume would die, like, in her second appearance is actually still around. Yeah, and she's still a fairly good character, too. Yeah, strong I like character. that. Like, I like the fact that they changed it up from Tyrese having a daughter to having a sister because it gives her more wiggle room to be her own entity. Yeah. But uh, from that, we move on to Glenn. Teleportation Glenn. Now, this is a big fucking thing that I had, which is... me both. I was so confused, especially because it's not addressed in dialogue or anything else until like 20 minutes later. And I I get that showing Glenn leaving the bus and then somehow making it inside the prison and somewhere completely different would have been just a waste of space. But we clearly fucking saw him leave on the bus. Yeah. Like, it was a couple seconds between... Shots. Him being, yeah, him being... Like, looking out the window of the bus, and then the bus itself leaving. It's like, he would have had to do, a like, a tuck and roll. Yeah. And then, it was also the fact of where we found him. Like, so he went inside the prison? And wasn't Maggie also, like, fucking ten yards away the entire time? And also, like, how did he get up there? Yeah, it's like, so he went into the prison, passed did he, out. Did he get a ladder? Like... It was very involved for something they kind of – like, it was way too involved for them to just explain with a couple lines of dialogue 20 minutes later. Yeah, it was that's – what, That's what it kind of blew my mind about it was that even when they explained it, this was the first time I think I've ever had a moment where something is explained and given a plausible, like somewhat plausible explanation, and I'm like, I don't buy that. Yeah. It's like – it was just – if they put, they should have put him somewhere else. Where they put him was just weird. And it also was like he just got up there and went, oh, I just passed out? Like, what the hell? Yeah, and, like, I get that they just wanted a dramatic shot of him, and that was a pretty dramatic shot, but at the same time, it's like they could have done any number of things. And I don't even know where he got that assault rifle from, but whatever. Yeah. It was just weird. I, I did appreciate... Moving past, moving yeah. past, like, his weird teleportation powers, though. I, I did appreciate seeing somebody actually go into the prison and get supplies that were still there. I mean, I get they're all running away from it, but it just seems weird that they wouldn't circle around or something and go in the back. Or, like, even check inside to any degree, because it seemed like once everybody was outside, everyone was just in a frenzy. Yeah. And it was kind of weird, because, like, you see the inside of the prison, it's like, it's not really that bad. No, the doors are locked. I mean, you know. I mean, I get it, and I'm not going to oh, yeah. complain I mean, too walkers, much. because the I've, walkers would have eventually broken through. And, and it's, it's you know, it's fiction logic. I get it. But it is nice to see somebody go, like, I guess I should grab all this shit. Yeah. And not only that, but I like the fact that it's Glenn that does it, because dude has really had a bad season. Oh, yeah. Just like, choking on blood, having a robot fix him. Yeah. And it was nice to see him armor up like fucking Batman or something. Also, we got helmet cam. I'm glad. Awesome. The, I'm I'm glad that the the SWAT armor came back in a like a, a actual way. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like how he kept the SWAT armor underneath his bed. Yeah. It makes you wonder what that was used for sexually. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I don't wonder. I um, I know. But uh, yeah, I teleportation thing just kind of nixed it for me in that I was confused the entire everything time. Was, everything was cool, but it was like I kept going back to okay, what happened in the scene before? Yeah, like, I was what just... Was that? It, it kind of sullied everything like, else. Everything else was good, but... Like, I was trying to write my... Like, even as the episode ended, I was still trying to wrap my head around it. I was like, 
Okay, okay maybe he no, no, no. I, I like. I kept going back and forth on whether or not it would actually be possible for him to do it, and what goes against it is the editing of the mid-season finale. Yeah. If and if they plan that pre, like pre-shooting that episode, then that's really a ball dropped. Yeah, it's a little, little stupid, but anyway, he um, ends up finding Tara, mm-hmm. who's just locked in a cage, staring out. Which I, I like, like I, fact, I like the fact that she just kind of everything falls apart, and she just kind of goes and gets in the fetal position. And we end up finding out what happens to Lily through dialogue. There, long story short, she's dead. Yeah. Um, and she, Tara ended up becoming Glenn's lesbian Robin for the rest of the episode. <laughs> I do have one question though. Since when are walkers attracted to fire? Um. Well, I mean. To be fair, they, there was that one where it was walking towards the governor in his return episode. Yeah, I guess, but that was still uh, – it seems weird. Like, so fire is going to make them go away from the live people who are standing there? That seemed a little weird to me. Also, it seemed weird that they threw it onto a car that they could have probably gotten into and drove away in. But yeah, I just thought that was weird. But an inventive use of a Molotov cocktail on Glenn's part. Yeah. It was nice to see, like, action Glenn. Also, it was interesting. I didn't re- I didn't think about this, but yeah, Glenn never saw Herschel die. Yeah, that was a- I, one problem I did have was that I don't think he had much of a reaction, like not as much as he sh- probably should have had. Well, I kind of liked it because he just kind of he he had it, but then he just swallowed it immediately and just wanted to focus on finding Maggie. It's like he had a bit of a moment, but then just tried to get past it. That's what I kind of liked about kind of Glenn's character arc that he's had so far. Now that I think about it, like, it's kind of weird in that Glenn's best moments are usually when he's alone. Like, yeah, whenever, strange. Like, remember back last season when he fought that zombie and that was the greatest thing Glenn had ever done? <laughs> that was just him in a room with a walker. And then this one is like he's with he's with Tara, but, like, half the time he's just gathering supplies and just kind of making his way through the, the crowd. So it's it's weird how he gets overshadowed whenever he's with the group, but whenever he's on his own, he's really just his own man. He's badass. I also liked uh, Tara's reaction to finding out Herschel's like Herschel meant something. Like it was yeah. actually worse for her then. Yeah, I really actually like what they did with that character. I like the fact that there's someone who felt immense guilt and was alive to actually have that kind of reaction. It's. It's kind of sad that she's only been around in, like, what, five episodes? Yeah. Maybe, might be being generous there, I'm not sure. And she's already more of a character than Beth has ever been, and she's been there since season two. Yeah. And Beth at least, like, had one episode towards the beginning where it was like they were pointing towards something that was interesting, but it never came to fruition, and now it's like, it seems to be abandoned entirely. Yeah, it's, it's weird. But, um... Anyway, from that, Which I guess it's just kind of, I guess it's just kind of indicative of the fact that it's like there's so many freaking characters on the show. Yeah, someone has to, someone has to take the run of the, you know, the shortest end of the stick. Speaking of characters, oh yeah, walking Abraham and Eugene show up, walking into frame, the most comic booky looking thing ever. And uh, Rosita. And Rosita, I'm sorry. Walk into frame. Abraham walks into frame like everybody watching knows who the fuck Abraham is. Because he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> Poses like he's in a comic book, and this, and this episode ends. 
Well, the thing is, um, it's funny you mentioned that because once again, I was watching Talking Dead. It's just so surprising how much information you get from a show that seems to be a weird talk show. But um, I was actually listening to like their, them talking about Abraham, and they mentioned that pose that he made is actually the cover of a comic book. Oh, really? Everything about that shot when it's the three of them posing is taken from, I think, issue like 37, <laughs> like the cover of issue 37, which I don't know if that's Abraham's introduction or not. But it was amazing to think that that is actually something that they consciously tried to make as panel for panel identical because they, they took everything like the costuming and down to like his facial hair. To like the fact that one of them is holding a radio and it's like I, I went back and looked at the cover and everything matches. It's insane. That's pretty awesome. So like that was definitely. It's funny that you mention it looking like a comic book because it is from the comic book. And in the comics, does he also make a vaguely sexual reference? Seriously, was that line sexual to you at all? Like uh, the mouth on you? Got anything else? Um, I could see how it would be that way. Yeah, but Abraham getting down, fucking her mouth. But anyway. He seems like that kind of guy. He would do it. Uh, that was pretty exciting to see them show up. Yeah. Once again, Abraham just owning the show suddenly. Yeah. I'm going to be honest and say that I'm very, not wary, but very cautious about where they're going to take that character because it seems like his role in the comics seems to be what Daryl became. So what are they going to do now that they have that? Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, Tyrese was kind of the same thing. Yeah, that's that's another thing is like there's all there's already two characters kind of like that. Yeah, there's already two Daryls. Uh, my my worry with uh with Abraham is they'll make him unnecessarily hostile. Yeah, uh, I'm hoping they won't, but I'm. They you would imagine that with the fact that they've taken such care to make Michonne to Michonne, they've taken I wouldn't say such care to make Tyrese into Tyrese, but they're starting to build him up towards that. Yeah. And he he's definitely never been presented in a bad way, necessarily. I'm hoping that because of that, they'll take more of a restraint with Abraham and that they'll make him someone to be respected. And you'll, like, if you're not a fan of the comic book, you'll suddenly like this character. I don't like the idea of them introducing a beloved character from the comic and making him unlikable. Yeah, I, I just worry about uh, how they're going to write, you know, how they've so far presented hard-ass characters. Yeah. Yeah, there is a fine line you walk, and some, sometimes The Walking Dead stumbles a bit on the fine lines. Yeah, you either get Michonne or you get Lizzie. Yeah, exactly. And even Michonne in the beginning was not uh, that great. I never really had a problem with her. It, it, was, it was more of just technical diff- difficulties, which is just... So she's just never going to say anything and be helpful. Yeah. And it really wasn't until this season that Michonne's opened up and been a character. Like, I still remember season three where it's like, she, she's not going to fucking mention that she's been with Andrea this entire time to anybody in this group or she knows anything or she's just going to be frustratingly quiet. It was just the, it was just the wrong way to play a character like that. So I'm hoping they would do the same kind of thing with, uh, with Abraham, but uh, who knows how they, they can make Abraham into a villain for all we know. So yeah, he, plot twist, he ends up becoming the man. <laughs> Shaves his head. That'd be amazing yeah. if, like, they had this montage of him putting on, like, 
a fifties record, and then all of a sudden he puts on the leather jacket and his baseball bat. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> he just has Tara tied up somewhere. Oh yeah. Anyway, I took that too far. Not far enough, if you ask me. Um, but uh, all in all, Inmates was a pretty good episode. It was a, it was a good episode. I really liked it. Yeah, I really liked Inmates. It was just. Yeah. Um, I think it was just this is the first episode of the season where I felt like it's good, but it also has its hiccups. Whereas the rest of the season, I've had like more of a wow. This is surprisingly good. It was, it was just uh, you don't expect just uh, just a random anthology episode. Yeah. Of an hour long drama. But and you was... don't expect super powered teleportation, Glenn. I expect super powered, Glenn. It's not teleportation, Glenn. Though we did reference portal in season two, so stone that out there. You could have a portal gun. Look, we all know Glenn has ice powers. <sighs> For all we know, this is just one big test room. That's all I'm saying. But, He's uh, actually a member of the X-Men. <laughs> Sunfire. Uh, I knew you were going to go for that. That's racist. It is. I know. Sunfire is Japanese. <sighs> anyway. That's been us discussing Inmates, the newest episode of The Walking Dead. Ending on racism. Yes, yeah, appropriate. And this has been The Pulping Dead. I've been Mike. I've been a big... R.I.P. T-Dog. Shane was right. <laughs>